0: This is working going to be. It is Friday, October 9th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Jam-packed show as it normally is on a weekend preview. As we get ready for... As we get ready for uh, week five of the National Football League. Big college football week gonna get ahead. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma lost some of its luster, but you have... Miami and Clemson, uh, their battle of top 10 teams going on. Miami trying to prove it can play in the ballpark with Clemson. And, of course, Eagles-Steelers on Sunday, which will be an interesting game because, you know, I think most of us believe that the Eagles are not really good. We think the Steelers are really good. But then you throw in the fact that the Steelers basically had their bye week eliminated. They didn't play last week and ben roethlisberger spent the bulk of the week bitching about it uh it will be an interesting thing so we'll, and so we will talk to inquire columnist mike and i will talk to inquire columnist marcus hayes the always opinionated always fun to have on marcus hayes will join us to discuss his feelings on what has gone on with this football team to this point we'll also get into the phillies and sixers at some point as well uh john middleton's search i assume has begun for a new head of baseball operations um but it's also very clear that they're going to take it slow so expect a lot of ned rice uh and Andy mcphail leading this ship here as we move forward so we'll talk to marcus about all that then afterwards we'll give our picks as uh we hit week five boy i had disaster last weekend it was just awful last weekend so uh it is a wild time obviously of the year We've got the baseball playoffs going on as we speak it's going to be the dodgers and the braves in the national league uh, championship series the yankees have forced the rays to game 7 to decide who will face the astros in the american league um it, it, you know i'm not sure it's been compelling television but it's uh it's playoff anything and at this point i think we've all figured out that playoff anything is something that uh people will watch so when we come back uh, marcus hayes from the, the inquire will join us and yes yeah, so the daily news mr kern will freak out if i didn't say that so he'll join us and we'll discuss everything going on that's that says we're going to be continues <laughs> The Eagles start week five, or the Eagles are to highlight at least the week five's early schedule in the National Football League as they head cross state to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Phillies are beginning their search for yet another general manager and seem to be completely in chaos while the Sixers have a great, a certified NBA head coach in Doc Rivers. And joining us to discuss all of this is one of the great columnists from the philadelphia Inquirer. it's marcus hayes marcus how are you
1: good morning fellas how are you
2: we're doing great it's, it's the daily news man <laughs> I, I, mike knows that mike will
0: never stop fighting the battle will he no 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 you're right
2: it is the Inquirer. it's the Inquirer. i get that but marcus is daily news i'm sorry i you know it
0: just did. Marcus he's, was a longtime Daily News writer Nick. for the Eagles and the Phillies, and a columnist he, as well. He, so,
1: yeah, it's he's got that Daily News. Do plug you still fight
0: the Daily me. News Inquirer battle there, Marcus?
1: Yeah, I'm very much a Daily News guy. Um, it's 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 kind of interesting to uh, maybe to you guys and to me, maybe not to all of our listeners. I actually have to d de- Daily News or undaily News my columns regularly because I don't quite uh, have the the same tone that an Inquirer column you know, maybe should or would have, Um, and I always wonder if, uh, see, I don't think Bill Conlon would have had an issue writing for the Inquirer, but I wonder if Stan Hockman would have been able to do it, because, you know, the staccato delivery, the the, the sort of punchiness of his columns and the frankness, you know, it was, uh, it's not the, it's not the sort of old gray lady tone. And I know a lot of people who read my stuff don't think it's very old gray lady too, but you should see it before I push send, you know? Marcus, I, I, I know
2: when we were first, uh, and before we get into that, real quick, I got to tell you, Kevin, I played golf with a lot of guys right. through, my, through my life. Good guy. Nobody is more fun to play with than Marcus. A, because he hits his little three hybrid as well as I've ever seen anybody that I know hit a club, a particular club. But I could play. We have played in in um, Pinehurst. We played at his club, whatever. But I'll play with Marcus any day. So that that out of the way. Okay. Uh, it, it, I still find it hard to believe, Marcus. I know when we were first kind of transitioning into a into a one per you know. I heard stories from people who said, yeah, they they d de- Daily News my story or whatever. I just find that hard to believe that they wouldn't let Marcus Hayes be Marcus Hayes after thirty years in the city, but. Maybe I shouldn't be, and I don't well, mean that as a knock to anybody. I'm just saying it as a as a point of fact, you know, point of opinion. You know,
1: I, I might have misspoken. I don't get d daily news. I d daily news myself. Yes. I got you. I you got know? You. Okay And thank you for the. Con- that's the greatest compliment you can pay someone is that you like to golf with them because I believe the true character of everyone is displayed on the golf course, and uh, it's uh, it, it's it's a very it's a very stressful. Four to five hours, and uh, if you can come off looking decently, you, you know you're doing something right.
0: Yeah. And is, did you pick up golf after after the Phillies beat years, or did you? Were you playing them you know, just we didn't I, know it? I
1: picked up golfing before, as a football writer. Okay, you have a lot more sort of dead time, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of it's during the summer. So I, I when I, in '96 when I took over the Eagles beat, I started playing golf a little bit more, maybe a couple times a week and sort of paying attention to it in my uh, 30s, or, or late 20s, early 30s. But when I took over the Phillies beat, you know, I was lucky if I got to play, you know, 10 times a year yeah. because of the Phillies beat. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of gave it up. And then when I became a special assignment writer but again in uh, 2007, um, that's when I kind of really got interested in it. My my schedule, as a projects guy, I wouldn't be able to play golf for a month, but then I'd be able to play golf for two weeks straight. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's become, and you know, it fortunately at that point, some of our other columnists were becoming less interested in covering golf. So I got to start working with Mike covering the majors cause we, we would cover two or three of the majors every year. And it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a box in my, in my career list that I had never ticked. And it was, uh, but I got to tell you, covering anything with Mike, but especially golf <laughs> is an absolute joy because he always defers to what you want to write or do right and he he knows everybody like literally everybody from you know Tigers latest coach to you know Mark Miro's wife to whoever
2: what the best thing to eat in the Masters grill room
1: is yeah i know i know all that stuff all that stuff and everybody knows him too so you you don't have to sort of feel your way around you know how that is kevin that yeah. where you you you, you, ju- you jump into a new pool and everybody looks at you and says Either sink or swim. Well, you know, Mike was my life vest for years. Hey, Kevin, I, I got to tell you this because you—you one of the
2: first uh, Masters that Marcus was at. He he goes at you know he's at, he's always out in the course. He's always yeah. walking. I'm you know I'm sitting in there watching it on TV or doing what I do. He comes back and he tells me he's got this story. I'm like, okay, what, what do you got? He found a guy in a turban that came to Augusta from like somewhere on the other side of the world because he'd want to golf tournament or something, right? and his prize was a trip to it. He found a guy in a turban, turban. at Augusta National. And <laughs> after that, it was like, hey, man, you, you just go do what you do. Um, I'm okay. I got Tiger. You, you go do what you do.
1: And the best part was the guy knew he'd be going to, like, Georgia in a turban. So he, <laughs> he had a T-shirt made. Explaining why he was wearing a turban, and that's the t shirt he would wear at the match. So people wouldn't, you know, be afraid of him, discriminate against him, ask him, quite, you know, sure. you know, who are you and where are you from? So he the the 10, ten, reasons, ten reasons why I'm wearing a turban on the <coughs> t shirt.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. I, it, it's funny because, you know, the Masters obviously in about a month, and it's going to be fascinating to see what it's like down there in November mm-hmm. as opposed to what yeah. happens at the beginning of, of April. All right, let's get into the Eagles. Uh, Marcus, I've, I've been wrestling with this and I think they're a really bad team that will contend in a really bad division but that still shouldn't obscure the fact that they're a really bad team. I don't know where you believe they are at this point, but i I, I, I really think that they're at a point right now where this could cave in very easily beginning this week
1: well let me let me start by saying they're they have a, they're a team with a lot of talent. And some of that talent's in its prime, so I don't think it can be characterized as a bad team, um, as far as personnel goes. They have, have holes and flaws, but they are and they're not complete. But I don't think they're a bad team. Uh, let me also start this by saying Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach that Chip Kelly stole from Alabama, is probably the most valuable person they've mm-hmm. ever had in their organization. I say that because without him, they don't win the 2017 Super Bowl, the Super Bowl after 2017 season. Because, you know, if you remember, that offensive line was sort of in tatters. They they did, they had to make a lot of changes to that offensive line. Also, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, who, you know, he was there, so he's been there ever since Lane was drafted, and uh, Brandon Brooks, all, all got to the level that they're Hall of Fame caliber players at this point, under Jeff Stoutland, so... He matters in this conversation because, again, the offensive line is in tatters. Right. But, again, last week might have been the best job he's ever done. Jeff Stoutland won that game with Jordan Mialata at left tackle and Nate Herbing and Matt Pryor playing guard. That was just um, – and, and, and Lane Johnson in and out at right tackle with his ankle injury. So when you say it's a bad team, I, I will say it's an incomplete team and a flawed team, but – a team with Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson on the defensive line and Brandon Graham, a team with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, when they play well um, among the, uh, among the uh, accounted for and a team with Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders, that's not a bad team. Now, and I'll posit this, had the quarterback played about to about 75% of his own capabilities Mm-hmm. In the first three games, they probably have two more wins. So if you think if you're going to tell me that you think the quarterback is bad, we can have that conversation. But this team isn't bad. If you think Carson Wentz is better than what he played in the first in the first three games, that doesn't mean they win all three. But it probably it means they certainly win two because he actively lost the t- the two games that they lost, and he's probably the biggest reason for their tie.
0: I'll look at. <clears throat> their skill position players as far as their wide receivers are still a mess okay the linebackers when you're counting on Nate Gary you're you got problems and i just think that they're too inconsistent they're just and and the the the, the sample size that we have now of this is basically going on its third year of mediocre the head coach kind of can push them late a little bit, but I I think that there's just the, uh, there's just the pieces here, and they've been so depleted because their drafts have been so awful. That's why I say it's a bad team. They're kind of they're kind of just stuck in the mud in a bad division, which is bail them out.
1: Well, again, I mean, their drafts have been horrible, but th- those drafts have also brought you Carson Wentz, Dallas Goddard, um, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. So, if you want 100% efic- efficacy in in the draft, okay, the, how he's drafted badly, but his hits have been doubles, triples, and homers. So, and I know they traded up for Carson, and and I guess that is still considered a good move even though you know a lot of people forget they got a first round pick back when they traded Sam Bradford but that was not the plan to trade Sam Bradford the only reason they got the first pick back is because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt in Minnesota Mm -hmm. so I mean I'm not going to sit here and say Howie's done a great job but I'm not ready to bury Howie and his assistants either because they've done a pretty good job here a pretty good job there and again if this offensive line works out um, my greatest my greatest uh, criticism of Howie has been since, I'd say, around 2013, they haven't drafted enough depth on the offensive line. I mean, using a pick to stash an offensive lineman from the third or fourth round. Right. I think that's how you build. At the expense of, you know, uh, Rasul Douglas, the, the cornerback that couldn't play here but can play somewhere else. At the expense of Eric Rowe. You know, another cornerback right. who couldn't play here but played somewhere else. And it it's still playing. Um, but, again, I mean, when I think of a bad team, I think of a team that you expect to lose games against mediocre teams. I think this team is a little bit better than mediocre. And I think, Kevin, what, what, what happens when you – well, when you're in Philadelphia, for one thing, <laughs> but also when you've experienced really good teams and success – is you see things in a very black or white way, you know, in an all-or-nothing way. I mean, if your definition of a good team and a, versus a bad team is a team that could win the championship or a team that couldn't, then okay, they're a bad team. But this is a team that is probably still the second-best team in its division, can probably beat, I don't know, all but three or four teams on any given Sunday, depending on the site. And uh, Doug Peterson's still a very good coach. So I, I wouldn't call them a bad team. I would call them a, an imperfect team and, a, and at best a mediocre team. But if this team gets back, and this is my greatest issue with this team, this team wasn't ready to play at the beginning of the season when it had its greatest advantage. Returning personnel, returning system, and a returning head coach, unlike everybody else in the NFC East. So- and, and
0: three winnable games to start.
1: Well, it's at least three winnable games to start because yep. Doug's beaten Sean McVay twice. Right. So, I mean, that may be four. So at this point, they should be no worse than two or two or three and one. But the team wasn't ready to play because it thought it was pretty good. You know, that's my greatest criticism of the Philadelphia Eagles. They started smelling themselves a little bit, and the quarterback played poorly. Um, but if are they a bad team? No, I don't think they're a bad team. And I think to, to, to characterize them as a bad team, at this point, might be a little premature as well, because again, my my thought was you're two and two, three and one going into week five at Pittsburgh when you should be getting back Alshon Jeffrey. So and I think that's a huge thing. You can say what you want about Alshon Jeffrey, but he's a he he attracts defenders and he's effective when he plays. Um the fact that we're into going into game five, week five, with no Alshon Jeffrey, when we thought in the spring, that Alshon Jeffrey will be back by week three mm-hmm. is huge. And this is the NFL; you miss two games, you miss two extra games. That's an eighth of the season. Alshon Jeffrey's missed 25 percent of the season already. That's gigantic. That that's like a guy breaking a leg and healing. That's how long it takes to come back from a broken leg, you know. So you know, again, it's only one guy, and there are other injury issues, and there might be depth issues. But without Sean Jeffrey healthy and assuming either Jalen Rager or Deshaun Jackson are healthy at this point, it's a good team. It's a fun team. I know you like to pick on the receivers, which is easy. Um, Well, part of the problem is they take a white side, but it's not a bad team. It's a flawed team.
0: Part of the problem is they expected Deshaun Jackson to stay healthy, and that's just not been the history over the last five years. I got to tell you,
1: do you remember when they traded for Freddie Garcia? Yeah. The baseball pitcher.
0: Uh-huh. And you looked at him and went, dollars. he's going to break right.
1: down. Right. $10 million. They traded uh, to, for, for tra- Freddie Garcia. Right. Uh, right. And he shows up and he wins one game. At yep. that point, Freddie Garcia was the highest paid Philly in history. Yep. I I will contend that that's the worst deal, the, most, the worst deal the Phillies have ever made. Because they expected this guy to be their ace mm-hmm. and they were always like four or five pitcher wins, you know, performances from being like a 90 win team and eking into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson might be worse. Yeah, because Deshaun Jackson has had a history of being injured and it clearly was a Howie Roseman spike move to show everyone that it wasn't him who sent Deshaun Jackson. It was packing. Chip Kelly. That was Chip Kelly. When in fact it was all three of them. Yeah. It was both. It was Lurie, Kelly, and Roseman who not only cut him but smeared him on the way out. Yeah. So and it was unpopular at the time, and it remained unpopular as Deshaun, you know, remained productive and dangerous. So the Deshaun Jackson move may go down as one of the five worst moves in the history of Philadelphia sports, considering the roster spot and the amount of money that he that he costs, yeah. Mike. Yeah. Al Horford will top that list, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, Hey, Al Horford Horford played a playoff game. Yeah, I know.
2: I know. Uh, Marcus, so they're a touchdown underdog this week against a team that didn't play last week. They were a touchdown underdog last week and won on the road. Then they get the Ravens, which they're not going to – you know, obviously not many people think that. Then they get the Giants, the Cowboys at home, and the Giants with a bye somewhere in there. Where do you see this thing going? I mean – I think they're going to be in contention the whole year just because of the division, and it'll come down to the two Cowboy games because it always does. But you know, things. Have, where do you see this thing going? Um, you know, if
1: if we can project out to eight, ten weeks from now, where they might be. Again, it, it all depends on you know. I can't believe I'm saying this, Jordan Mialata, Nate Herbig, and Matt Pryor, or whoever's playing. You know those offensive line positions, because if Carson is relatively well protected, he's very effective. He, you know he does less dumb stuff when he's pressured. Um, also, Miles Sanders. I mean, we we're talking about a Pro Bowl caliber running back here, and uh, th- that's enough. That's enough to win you the eight or nine. Give uh, my my fervent hope, okay? Because I, I I have I have often criticized Doug Peterson for being a little bit too uh, uh, cavalier with the risk reward stuff. My fervent hope is that they win eight games, as do the Cowboys and the Redskins, or the, the Washington football, or the, the Cowboys and the Washington football team, or whoever. Yeah, and the tie and the tie gets and win. the tie wins because he did the <laughs> right thing. That's what you do. You take the point. You take the half point or whatever you want, you know. In hockey, you take the point. Right. It's uh, you know, hockey. Hockey coaches never get criticized for like turtling up on the road and taking the half point. Now, Marcus, so the point, we, if yeah. we get to that point and
2: they're eight, seven, and one, and they win the division by that tie, do you think Doug should be should stand up there and say to us, "Hey, guys"?
0: Well, Doug you know, will,
2: or does he just keep his mouth shut and and let us say it?
1: Well, what'll happen is. He will obliquely bring it up, <laughs> and very clumsily give you a what he believes is a clever "I told you so." I got you because you know I like Doug, uh, and I've, I've I've known him for twenty-one years now. He is a huge dork, all right, <laughs> and he's a. Now, do you say that lovingly? I do. I mean, okay. he is who he is. He's completely okay. genuine. He's a good guy. but he And he thinks he's Arthur Fonzarelli, right? He thinks he's the big (laughs) man. on He thinks he's super cool. But he's a dork, and his jokes are kind of dorky. Excuse me. And he can't, like all dorks, he can't help himself from sort of jumping on you when he he gets a chance to jump on you. You know who I'm thinking of. But he's such a nice guy, he's not even good at it. Like, he's he's too nice to have it be mean-spirited. Kevin might not notice, but you
2: know who I'm talking about when you use the word dork, and I'm not... That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yes. oh. oh yes. Okay.
1: yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Same. And, and again, very, very gifted, very talented. Yes, do, yes. But you know, and un, unaware. Well, the guy we're talking about knows he's a dork. Doesn't Doug? Doesn't Doug? Honestly, oh, okay. believes that he is James Dean. Okay.
0: Okay, but I, let me throw this at you. Since you've known Doug back to when he was here as a, as a quarterback. Doug's been giving a little more of the "I played, you didn't." Obviously, that was with the with the whole Jimmy Kemsky thing a couple weeks ago, and a couple of his answers have been more have been snippy, downright snippy. Um, are you surprised to see this kind of turn from Doug?
1: I I don't think it's a turn, Kevin. This is who he is. You know, he is. Uh, are we
0: just more aware of it?
1: Maybe we're more aware of it. Well, if you the, Doug did this sort of thing last year when they were losing, Doug's not a very good loser. If you think about Doug's pedigree, okay, Doug came from Green Bay where they won all the time. Uh-huh. He 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 sort of trained under that unbelievable coaching staff that Holmgren had with Gruden and um Ray Rhodes and um you know just uh, Marinucci, uh, right? I mean, just amazing. So Doug knows football and. He knows, uh, play for Shula too. Huh? Play for Shula too. Exactly. So he's been around great minds and he's become a great football mind, but the, the greatest issue that Doug has when it comes to this sort of like snippiness that you're talking about is he believes that he's not respected the way he should be. And he's not, he's beaten Sean McVeigh. He's beaten Bill Belichick, Sean McVay twice, Matt Nagy twice, um, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer. I mean, he's beaten all these guys that are supposed to be like super coaches mm-hmm. and most of them being at their house. Yeah. Well, he beat Bill Belichick in the super bowl on a fourth down play at halftime with the lead and nobody worships Doug Peterson. And he took a team that was garbage last year with a quarterback playing horribly and a bunch of practice squad guys and won the NFC East
2: yeah. and instead all people do is talk about D Filippo and Reich.
1: well there's there's value to that in the in the context of Carson's development right but when okay. it comes to actually coaching a team, getting a team ready to play and executing on game day as a coach that was really really good and there's no argument about that. I mean, you cannot argue all three NFC East coaches were fired last year because Doug Peterson beat them.
0: Mm -hmm. You, uh, all right, you bring up the quarterback and the head coach. There are times it seems like there's a disconnect there where the head coach and the quarterback maybe aren't speaking on the same wavelength, whether it's game plan, whether it's the way he's developed, whatever. Um do you th- you know, the Cincinnati game is an example of that. Um, do you think that there's anything wrong between the quarterback and the head coach at this point?
1: Well, they're they're, they're, they're too namby-pamby of people for there to be anything quote-unquote wrong. Right. You know what I mean? There's no animosity there. This is the frustration, I believe, with Doug as it relates to Carson. Doug makes... Doug creates game plans and has constructed an offense that's very Carson friendly. Right. All Carson has to sort of do is run it and Mm -hmm. let it unfold. Now, you're going to have guys run wrong routes. You're going to have guys, you know, make plays against you and you're going to have protection breakdowns. But we've seen Doug scheme Nick Foles into being a Super Bowl MVP. I don't know if you saw the game last night between... <clears throat> was, excuse me, That was the, uh, brutal quarterback
0: Harris play on Cops. both sides. Right. You, brutal. I agree with your tweet. Well,
1: one guy's 100, hundred, one guy's in his prime. Right. And the guy in his prime was awful. They, mm-hmm. He won the game. He made one nice pass at the end and one touchdown pass in the middle of the game. But in between, Nick Foles was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles has lost his job to Michael Vick, Gardner Minshew, Sam Bradford. Mitch Trubisky coming out of training camp. I mean, there's a reason he's a backup and a reason he's kind of streaky. But Doug Peterson put Nick Foles in the best positions of his career. I said that to say he's done the same thing with Carson Wentz. At the end of last season, Carson Wentz had no choice because he was being spied again and because he had questionable, you know, weapons and protection on offense. He had no choice but to let the offense come to him. When he did, they won four out of five games. You know, it's that's that. So to answer your question, is there a disconnect? Yeah, I believe Doug Peterson is becoming less tolerant of Carson Wentz. You know, going first read, second read, run right, or first read, second read, force it, or first, stare a guy down, throw it into traffic. I think he's become less tolerant of that because
0: you're in year five and you should be better.
1: Well, yeah, the the most telling. The most in this context, really, the most telling thing Doug has ever said, vis-a-vis Carson Wentz in his development, is somebody asked him. I think it was Zach Berman asked him, "Are you are you surprised that you know at the regression of Carson Wentz, or that Carson Wentz has regressed?" And he it, he he acknowledged that Carson Wentz had regressed. Yeah. That, now that's a heck of a thing. I mean, year five, you're hundred in the first year of a hundred twenty-eight million dollar contract on a quarterback who's going to define your career, probably admitting that he regressed tells you the level of frustration with Doug Peterson. um, Vis-a-vis Carson Wentz, because in year five, Doug Peterson figures he's got all of the playbook. Carson has all the playbook at his fingertips and he can do things like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in their prime, make guys better, you know, throw them open. Carson Wentz throws six or seven passes in a game that are either intercepted or uncatchable. Mm-hmm. He also throws six or seven passes in a game, unlike, you know, like Tom Brady last night in the middle of the game when he was, like, sort of throwing guys open or making guys stop their patterns before they ran into defenders. Right. Carson Wentz should be there at this point. You know, Aaron Rodgers fell out of bed that way. He was born that way. Carson Wentz should be there at this point, and he's not. And I'm talking about when he's protected and when he he has a chance to uh, use his mechanics uh Properly.
2: Mike? Yeah. Marcus, the last couple weeks, the defensive line has really played the way I think they thought the line should play, especially because the linebackers aren't all that. And the secondary has some questions. Can they keep this up? I mean, what is it, like 13 sacks or something, I think, in the last two games? And, um, you know, and, and obviously they played a backup quarterback last week. They played a rookie the week before, even though the rookie's pretty good. Is this the way it has to be for this team to be successful
1: defensively? No one has been more critical of this team's uh, stance on acquiring and developing linebackers than me. But they do have a plan. That plan is we're going to spend all our draft picks and all our money on the defensive line. We're going to get Javon Hargrave, and we're going to get Malik Jackson, we're going to pay Fletcher Cox, and we're going to pay – Grand and Graham, probably too much for a guy his age. We're going to draft Derek Barnett. Uh, you know, we're going to draft Josh Sweat, who's a decent pick. If they – so the plan is to make the linebackers less important and make their job easier because the defensive line is so effective. So to answer your question, Mike, yeah, they can. This defensive line, especially with Malik Jackson there <laughs> – this could be a dominant defensive line as it has been for two weeks. Fletcher Cox needs less attention. Malik Jackson helps give him that if teams start scheming to double team Malik Jackson as well, which also frees Brandon Graham, who's had two, two spectacular weeks now that those two other guys are, are playing to their level. And Josh Sweat, I believe, leads the team in sacks. So, yeah, it can be really, really, really good. And that's how every good Jim Schwartz defense is constructed they hope that they plan to put their their stallions four or five across the front Mm -hmm. with a couple of linebackers who keep things in front of them and keep it keep the keep it from going deep on the seam and maybe one secondary player who's outstanding that outstanding secondary player was malcolm jenkins and now it's darius Slay. so yes mike this could be an elite defense if this defensive line continues to do what it does because all of a sudden, you know, I think we both understand that the soft underbelly of this defense is intermediate routes by running backs and tight ends. Well, those running backs and tight ends might have to stay in to protect, and that yeah. changes the dynamic. That keeps that other team from being able to matriculate the ball down the field with four, five, eight, ten-yard chunks, which is what everybody wants to do against this defensive line, which gives you about 2.4 seconds to, to, to unload.
0: And this week, obviously, one of the main guys that Pittsburgh will have out there is Eric Ebron, who was really good for years in in Indianapolis and as the tight end, could exploit the middle of the defense. So if he has to stay in and and provide some pass coverage for Roethlisberger – that's that's a major advantage for the Eagles. Let me
1: get especially, to the, especially with Roth, in this stage of Roethlisberger's career, yeah, you know where he's not looking to extend the play like he used to, and he's you know he doesn't have the same kind of arm strength that he had. He doesn't have the same receivers that he has. I mean, you know, Smith Schuster's pretty good. I mean, what's that? Smith Schuster's pretty good. Yeah, but he ain't AB. He's not
0: AB. No, I'll give you, you know. that. Let me let me, um, go ahead.
1: But, yeah, the, the the interesting thing about Roethlisberger, and this is kind of tangential, is that Carson Wentz thinks he's Ben Roethlisberger. He always has. They have a similar pedigree, they have similar issues, and they have similar gifts. But the big difference between Ben Roethlisberger and Carson Wentz is about 25 pounds. Yeah. You know, Carson Wentz is... Ben Roethlisberger, at Carson Wentz's age, was very fleet, very nimble. He could run, he could, he could do what he needed to do. But guys still bounce off Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton, you know, and Dak Prescott. Carson Wentz isn't built like Ben Roethlisberger. You know, uh, he doesn't have the same frame. He doesn't have the same heft. And it'll be interesting to for people to sort of see that with the bulked-up Carson Wentz, what he looks like next to the, you know, relatively slimmed-down Ben Roethlisberger. And that matters a lot because Carson Wentz believed that he was, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. That he was kind of indestructible.
0: Let me let me get to the Phillies real quick here. Um, Matt Quinterc obviously getting let go was not a surprise. He I stepped think. down. Matt, Matt <laughs> he got, getting, he got
2: re He got reassigned.
0: Yeah. Um, but John Middleton, do you think John Middleton knows what he's doing right now with where he wants his baseball ops to go? Do you think he has an idea of what he wants his organization to be? Because I think sometimes they want to be the Yankees and free spend, and then other times, uh, you know, he looks and goes, "Oh, my, my my farm system's so awful." It's it's like I don't know what he wants out of his organization right now.
1: Well, you know, the Yankees free spending—that's uh, kind of a mischaracterization, and this. Era of the Yankees, right? Who took a year or two to get underneath the, the luxury tax to, for you know to sort of re, reload. Nobody's, and who you know, has a great farm system. More, but Middleton, I believe, and I've always believed this: the the, the stupid money comment isn't who he is. Don Middleton's a businessman. He wants there to be. He wants the park to be at ninety five percent capacity he wants the parking lots to be full he wants people buying nine dollar ten dollar fifteen dollar beers and he wants to have a chance to win so and he's done big things to make that happen he's signed zach wheeler he's signed jake arietta was a huge signing when he was signed he's extended aaron nola and of course he you know broke the bank to get bryce harper when manny machado made a good decision and went to san diego you know he went to a superior team You know, in a superior in a better situation. But no owner knows what he's doing. You know, the days of Al Davis and the Roonies are kind of over. Mm -hmm. These are businessmen. You know, Mark Cuban doesn't know what he's doing. He's just out out there a lot. Jerry Jones probably knows what he's doing, quote unquote, more than anybody else in in the uh, in the industry. But this concept that you know John Middleton you know sits alone at night and has a plan and is unveiling it. John Middleton takes advice from his subordinates and you know makes deci- may He ru- he rubber stamps or approves their decisions. So, you know John John Middleton has no greater grasp or or acumen than Jeffrey Lurie does. And I think if I asked you, do you think Jeffrey Lurie has a plan? The way Jeffrey Lurie and Joe Banner were brought into town. As you know, guys who hadn't earned their money in buffoons and fantasy football players, you'd laugh. But well, right. why would you laugh at John Middleton in the same, in the sort of the same context? I mean, nobody thinks Josh Harris has a master plan for the Devils or the Sixers. Except you know make more saying? money, right? Well, make more money. And you know, they, they want to win championships and they're willing to spend money on players and coaches and GMs to do so. But there's no plan. They just hope that they hire the right people to do their job. And that's one thing that Lurie has done a pretty good job with. But despite his reputation as being a meddlesome owner, he's 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 since like 99, 2000, 2001, when Modrak left the team, Tom Modrak left the team, he kind of learned his lesson between Modrak and Gruden letting everybody in the league know that he and Joe Banner were got their fingers in the pot. He's done a good job of letting – Coaches coach and general managers generally manage. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Middleton has a plan. I think he hires P- – people, and that's why he likes Andy McPhail. They're kind of the same – That he's comfortable with them. He looks across the table. He sees himself.
0: Mike?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, well, I got you here, Marcus. What did you think of Doc Rivers coming to Philadelphia? I thought that the two best candidates for uh, – to be a, the Sixers head coach were not Jay Wright. Or you know Mike D'Antoni or Tyron Lou. I thought the best candidate, I thought the best candidate, frankly, was Dawn Staley. I think the NBA is ready for a woman. I think she would command respect in that room. She has better credentials than any other. They, they, she has better credentials than any NBA coach who who got their first job, and it's mm-hmm. not close. I thought the second best candidate would be Jawan Howard in Michigan. I believe that he's the kind of guy that guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid would respect. I thought both of those things before Doc Rivers got fired. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers got fired. I, I think Doc Rivers is the best coach in the league now that Greg Popovich isn't. I, I think that Doc Rivers can win. If you give him a point guard He can win, and, and a healthy team, he can win. He can win anywhere. He can win the championship. He can win the... Uh, he can win the, the you know the, the league. He can win the number one seed. He's well, it, really, is, really is good Ben coach. Simmons is Ben Simmons that point guard? I don't think Doc, Doc Rivers will will put Ben Simmons in another position to fail at point guard. He will acquire a point guard. The process began. This is going to be the eighth year of the process. Mm-hmm. The process began with Sam Hinkie drafting Michael Carter Williams to be the point guard of the future. Michael Carter Williams supposed to be still be here, okay, right. as the point guard. Um, it was a huge mistake. He was from Syracuse, so it kind of broke my heart, but I kind of knew what they were getting because I knew that Michael Carter-Williams couldn't shoot. It was kind of spaz. Um, but that said, they've had, to this point, they've had one point guard in town, and they had him twice. Ish Smith. Yeah. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: About four years ago, three years ago maybe, we, we used to have to do these columns – where the uh, our editor would ask us a question and 3 or 4 of us would have to write little mini 10-inch columns on Yeah, yeah, I remember was. those. Right. So one of the questions was what would you do with Nerlens Noel or something like that. My response was I would trade Nerlens Noel and a draft pick for Sean Livingston. And that was met with outrage and you know, humor and ridicule. My point was of the point guards that I thought you could acquire, period, Sean Livingston, who's a 20, 20 minute a night backup with a bad knee in, in Los Angeles, well, uh, yeah, in Los Angeles with the Clippers, or is that, no, in Golden State, I'm sorry, right. um, was better than anybody else. And you would be able to extend his contract at about $10 million a year, overpay him like you were over, going to overpay JJ Reddick, but you'd get that entity here. And you could then draft a point guard for him to mentor. So we are four years removed from that column. There has still never been a point guard in this town. Jimmy Butler's the closest thing you've had to a real point guard in, in Philadelphia, aside from Ish Smith, who you know, I know he's a backup, he's a 12 minute a night guy, he's a he's a you know, he's the kind of guy you put on a team you expect to fail. But you cannot draft Joel Embiid, Nerlens Noel, Joel Embiid, and D'Lo um, Okafor. Oh yeah, and not give them a point guard. They will not develop. They will not develop. Joel Embiid would be twenty five percent better right now if he had a real point guard. Nerlens Noel would have been a more valuable player, and he's still in the league and he's still valuable if he'd had a point guard. D'Lo Okafor had he not injured himself, might have been the rookie of the year. I mean, I've never seen a guy at that age with that kind of offensive repertoire, except maybe DeMarcus Cousins, if he had a point guard. The worst thing Sam Hinkie did, Brian Colangelo did, and Elton Brand did over the last seven years is deny the coach a point guard and deny the players you're trying to develop a point guard. So, no, I don't think Doc Rivers, who was a point guard... We'll coach a team without a point guard, and no, Ben Simmons is not a point guard.
0: Well, and that leads to the question: Then what do you do with Ben Simmons? Do you move him you down to a, a
1: point forward? Okay, you, you, you can still give him the ball. You know what? It's funny. Like the uh, the Sixers beat likes to use the, the 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 coach jargon. You know, so Ben played the dunker position when Joel Embiid was had the ball in, in one of the posts. Ben would be in the dunker position. Well, that's great, except that keeps the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands. I would put Ben Simmons at the high post. I would say you're either going to shoot the open shot or you're going to sit next to me. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good a defender you are, I don't care if you're a triple-double threat. None of that matters to me. What matters to me is you being your best offensive player. And I would not let him I would not let him be the primary point guard. If if he wants to play a little bit of point, he can do so against the backups because the when the other point guard or when his primary defender goes out of the game, Ben Simmons can play 40 minutes a night, 38 minutes a night. Right. So I wouldn't eradicate, I wouldn't uh, cancel Ben Simmons in the point guard role, but I would diminish it greatly and bring in a leader, you know, and I would trade the, trade the farm to get Chris Paul. There, are, there aren't enough draft picks in the world for me to, to not trade for Chris Paul.
2: Well,
0: which leads to the final question from me at least. On, on Simmons and Embiid, if it doesn't work, maybe this year coming up, or if you want to give it two because this year could be screwed up with, with COVID stuff and everything, that's fine. Don't you have to make a decision on one of these guys soon? I mean, if you
1: send them both, they made the decision.
0: I know they made the decision, but you're also at a point where how long are you going to keep trotting out this lineup and running into the same problems? And if it doesn't work with Doc at this point, then. The idea that you can have these two as your nucleus to potentially win a championship doesn't doesn't
1: mesh, does it? I mean, I don't know, I, and I don't know why not. Both of them. I think this was Ben Simmons' third season, correct?
0: Third, yeah, yeah, and, and, so, fourth, fourth and yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, if you're saying you want to cut bait on guys at that part of at that stage of their, I think Ben's twenty three. Something and
0: like then twenty six or twenty-seven, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, Joel Embiid's a really good player. He just is. He's not perfect. He's out of shape. But he does things that only two or three other big men can do, and maybe, you know, eight or ten have ever been able to do. Um, I'm not I'm done waiting for him to like sort of grow up and be in shape and be mature. He kind of is what he is. And yeah, I think that's that's kind
0: of where I'm going with this. Uh, You know, if they don't take it seriously now with a guy who has a championship pedigree as a head coach and is viewed as one of the senior, I hate saying the term, senior statesman in the league, well, then isn't it time to then look and see, well, try uh, another formula, I guess.
1: Well, again, I mean, you're saying that Joel Embiid doesn't take it seriously and is, you know, fatally flawed. I'm saying I, they could probably win with him taking it as seriously as he does. I don't think that they can wither with him taking it seriously as he does when he has to touch the ball every time I'm down the court. But, yeah, I mean, if I don't think there's an argument that they would, would not have been a more potent team had they run back the same starting five they had last year with Jimmy and uh, J.J.
0: Right.
1: And if that argument holds water then they're a bounce away from overtime in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and maybe they're in the Eastern Conference finals with that group of characters, right? Right. And J.J. was, again, productive, and so was Jimmy. I'm not saying that they should have re-signed him or could have re-signed him or could have run it back, but that, to me, is proof that those two players, neither of whom regressed, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, didn't get worse, okay? The town Their, around them got worse. Well, the team around them is is very flawed, and, you know, it is what it is. But my point is, if you add those two players to Tobias, Joel, and Ben, you still have a formidable team. So the composition of the team to me is more important than the progress of those two players. And I believe Ben Simmons will become a better player. I don't right. know how much better, and I don't know what the ceiling is, but to, to posit that you know they have to be broken up a year after they lost on a bounce to the eventual champions – with a different, a, a differently comprised team, that doesn't hold water for me because they got to that point. And if you remember, Joel was much worse in those playoffs than he was in this this run down the stretch. Joel was a much better player down the stretch this year than he was last season, right? And, you know, and, and that doesn't that doesn't mean he's perfect. That doesn't mean he's finished. But he was better. You know, he wasn't sick. He wasn't as fat. He wasn't as petulant, and he wasn't as scared of the competition the way he was scared of Marcus off.
2: Mike, any final questions? Well, I would ask Marcus if he's going to a but I think he already told me that the other day. But I'll throw one at you from totally left field that I just thought of, Marcus. If if LeBron wins the championship, which I guess you know they're they're going to. I mean, there's there's pretty little doubt about that now. Does that do anything to change? Like to me, it it doesn't change who I think LeBron is or or where he stands compared to Jordan or Chamberlain or whatever. But he would have won a title with three different teams, even in a goofy year. Where do you think, like, does this do anything different for LeBron, or is he still, you know, just, hey, one of the greatest players ever?
1: Well, just so people understand the Aroneming thing, Aronim's the a great championship golf course in the uh, western suburbs, and I think they're playing the KPMG major uh, for the LPGA there. Yes. And, no, I'm not, I'm not going because my uh, – my busy family life and the, the, the dearth of interest in women's golf in this area. You
2: can't say that on this podcast.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I take it back. Okay. Um, So here's, here's my thought on LeBron. Okay. And my thought on Michael Jordan and my thought on Kobe Bryant, my thought on Wilt Chamberlain. And if there's another player out there, you want to talk about as being the quote unquote best ever. We could talk about them. Kareem. Kareem. Okay. I, 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 Firmly believe Kareem is the most disrespected. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. Yes. in the history of sports. Agreed. Um, that said, I believe all of them ha- were the best player they could be. I don't think LeBron could be much better than he is. I don't think Kobe could have been any better than he was. I don't think Michael could have been much better than he was. Kareem, I believe, absolutely maxed out. I believe Wilt with a different sort of. Uh, ethos around him could Mm -hmm. have been a different player, which is absurd to say because he's the greatest, he's the most talented and greatest player to -hmm. ever play the game.
2: Yeah. And magic, Um,
1: magic. Some people might argue magic too, I guess could be totally maxed out his talent. So it's kind of like, it's kind of, these guys at this, at this stage, when they become that complete of a player at this stage, it's kind of like judging artists or musicians. It's your taste. I, mean, I think LeBron's game is ugly. I think LeBron's game, if properly officiated, would be diminished because he travels a lot. He, he fouls a lot of people. He, but he does things that are just breathtakingly wonderful. I mean, my favorite thing to watch when LeBron James plays is how he defends people and doesn't foul them. He'll go up to block a shot, and the guy will give him his shoulder. LeBron will turn his body in midair, retract his arms to not commit the foul. It took referees four years to figure out that he could do that, mm-hmm. and that he was he was that his basketball IQ was that great. Um, LeBron, I tell you, a LeBron vignette here. Um, I was talking to some of the Sixers analytics people, and they were talking about how the current technology is such that they can sort of figure out who's in in what position every second they're on the floor in every game and every NBA game in every arena because of the cameras and the numbers and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So of all the players they've ever charted as far as like being in the optimal de- defensive position the most, LeBron is by far number one. Like he's almost never in the wrong defensive position, whether his guy has the ball whether the ball is one pass away or two passes away, LeBron is always in the right spot. That's not true of Kobe. That wasn't true of Michael. You know, it certainly wasn't true of Wilt, considering who he was and what he had to do. Mm -hmm. But it was probably true of Kareem. I mean, the basketball IQs of these guys is just... So, to answer your question, if he wins another title with a Golden State Warriors team that doesn't matter... With a Clippers team that was flawed in COVID, I don't think it burnishes his legacy, except that he did it at the age of whatever was he thirty eight now
0: thirty
1: five or thirty five going on thirty six. Okay, so he's, he'll be thirty. He's thirty five going on thirty six, but he's been in the league for eighteen years, I believe. So, right. and with super high miles, yeah. super high miles, and he's going to do it in L.A. And he's a perimeter player yeah. and a power player, and you know from my perspective, every single year he's played, and this is how I this is how I, I I gauge the MVP. If you're a head coach, what player on November 1st do you want on your team to help you win a title?
2: Yep. Yeah, that yeah. that
1: becomes his. Okay, and you can rank him. You can say whatever you know. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, right. James, uh, James Harden, whoever. You can rank them. Okay but the first guy it becomes his to lose. So you're at the end of the season and you look back at the body of work mm-hmm. and you see what they've done. And if that guy is still the guy you thought was you know the guy that's going to help you win the title, that's the most valuable player because what's more valuable than winning the title? Okay. So LeBron James in the last what? 12 13 years, that might have been untrue. He might have been the guy not been the guy you thought was going to help win the title maybe once right over another guy maybe once he should have 11 of 12 mvp awards so i don't know that you could say that about anybody else in our area including kareem except maybe michael
2: here's here's what I, the only thing i know and i know it's different years it's, it's a totally different argument I, it's like trying to compare jim brown to you know emmett smith or something but Wilt scott still has 72 i believe is the number nba records in the record book Michael's got like 20 or I'm not trying to diminish Michael in any way, shape or form. And this is why I've always thought the centers should be judged in a different category that like you should take Russell out, uh, uh, Kareem, uh, will, uh, anybody and put them over there somewhere and say, and judge them differently. And then the, the rest of the guys, um, you know, the Kobe's the LeBron's the Jordans and put them in another category. That's just my feeling. And if a guy still has 72 records, uh, you know, 50 years after he stopped playing, um, you know, that's like trying to diminish Babe Ruth. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Well, and the, the argument that he played against inferior talent. Or no, the same, no. All that sort of stuff. That's great. Except the, the players he played against also have records. Yeah. The yes. players he played against were good in their era. And there's no reason... That a truly great player in this era shouldn't dominate the way he dominated if they're as dominant,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like guys like Walt Bellamy and Al Addles were great players that nobody knew. He played against Russell like 10 times a year. I mean, well, that's yeah. the thing, there were only really 12 teams in the league, he
1: was playing against Hall of Fame players, yeah, him every night. night. That is not true of Steph and, and Clay. They are not playing against two or three Hall of Fame players every night. Yeah. So this this argument that you know the talent was different or the the athletes were inferior or whatever. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Oscar Robinson. Oh God! But if you oh, look I at love him, man, Oscar I'm Robinson, sorry. I mean, Oscar Robinson was LeBron James long before LeBron yes, he James. was. Yes, he was.
0: Yeah. Marcus Hayes, who I got to admit, when Marcus was on the Phillies beat, I learned a ton from Marcus and Dennis Deitch. And Todd Zalecki and Jim Salisbury. It was a great time to be on the Phillies beat because it was always fun.
2: I, I would tell Marcus to hit him straight, but that would be like redundant.
0: <laughs> so, so, Marcus, I appreciate it, man. Be well. Hope the family is well. And uh, we'll, stay good, man. We'll see you soon.
1: All's well. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Kevin. You Thanks. Know,
0: and back on working the beat right after this. Our thanks to Marcus Hayes for joining us. Always entertaining, always informative, and always willing to say what's on his mind as we bring you back here for our, our weekly look at the landscape with the football going forward. And, and Michael, uh, you know, it's interesting. College football, the ACC... Is back. The Big Ten is back in two weeks. Um But it's been real tough to get fired up about some college games here.
2: I, I I'm finding it real hard to get fired up about almost anything. Um I mean the baseball playoffs are going on. And look, I'm I'm I, I follow it, but I'm not like into it kinda. I don't know. It, it's just it, you watch like I
0: mean, game tonight's a game five. You'll probably end up watching uh, of raising I like, I might not or, watch or Yankees game.
2: Like I might not invest three hours. Right. I don't know. Um, you know, and it looks like it's going to be the Dodgers. I guess the Braves. Hey, look, the Braves are playing well. Who knows? Um, I'll probably be rooting for the Braves just because. Um, but it's it's you know college football was always a thing I got into. I mean, it's weird. Like you got Texas Oklahoma this week. And both those teams stay. You know, are fighting to stay alive, right. kind um, of. For, for the
0: Big 12. They're both out of the national title hunt, obviously, or the playoff hunt.
2: I don't. I, Texas has one loss. I, I would not say that. Um, because this is such a weird year, Kevin, that you don't know how the landscape I think it's going to be really tough for Oklahoma. But if Oklahoma beats Texas and somehow gets into the Big 12 title game and wins the Big 12 title, you know, I... I don't know if they could be number four probably not but you know we don't know what's going to happen we're assuming that Clemson and Bama are going to be there but you know we don't know if a team like Notre Dame could be there we don't know if you know a team that we're not thinking of like a Florida or Georgia could get in there Ohio State or Penn State even uh we just don't know um but you know Texas Oklahoma usually is a huge game I guess it still is, but I don't think it's as used as usually. I don't know. Did I that I didn't say that correctly, but what the no,
0: hell? No, I understand. And, and the one thing, like, it's funny. When you look at the slate this week, all right, you have one top 10 game that kind of jumps out at you, and it's Clemson-Miami. Right. But the problem is that Clemson's beat Miami, like, 99-3 to over the last two meetings between yeah. the two. Well,
2: Miami this year is a little... You know, I mean, look, I'm not saying Miami's going to go down there and win, but I think if I was going to play the game, I would probably take Miami in the points, which is probably a sucker bet, given the Clems- what Clemson can do. But, you know, Manny Diaz, you know, it's only his second year. Right. And they, they look like they're decent. Now, what decent means, I have no idea. You know, um, they went to Louisville and won. I mean, um, who knows? You know, but if, God forbid, Miami upsets them, which I – If the game were at Miami, I'd probably give them, you know, more shot, even though there won't be fans. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's just tough to get into the football. I, 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 you know, and I sit here every week and I'm trying to look at things and come up with a couple games I like. And and it's just hard. It's because I wonder if I really know enough about what I'm trying to say, you know, you know.
0: All right. I don't know. Have you gotten your app ready? Is it working? I got
2: my app. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking at my, I'm going just through the colleges. I'm just going to go down. Okay. And just make a couple. Co- um, the Florida-Texas A&M game. I mean, and I hate, uh, Texas A&M just got crushed by Bama, but a lot of teams are going to get crushed by Bama. Florida is pretty good. Uh, they're giving six and a half on the road. I guess that's dangerous, so I, I, maybe I would stay away from it. But that, that could be a game, maybe a tease. I want to bet the Texas-Oklahoma game so much, but I just don't know which way to go. Now, Oklahoma has dominated them lately. The Oklahoma is under, a
0: two-and-a-half-point favorite, right?
2: Yeah, the over-under 75. Oh, right? I would
0: go over on that one.
2: I know, but it almost seems like, the, it, it, like you look at games like that. Well, how can it not be over? Well, you know, I mean, it, it could be 35-30, or, well, like 31-28. I mean, yeah, I, the over is... It, uh, there, there's North Carolina is giving four to Virginia tech at home. I kind of like North Carolina a little bit. Let me see here. I'm, I'm going down. Here's one. Uh, now I'm not sure about this cause I got burned on Georgia last week. Cause they, they beat Auburn by like three touchdowns. Tennessee's getting like 12 and a half at, at uh, Georgia. Uh, I might take a look at them, but again, this is just me off the top of my head. Thumbing through these things. Let's see what else we got here. Here's one that intrigued me a little bit. Pitt is at Boston College. Pitt's coming off a bad loss at home after everybody thought they were really good. I think BC stinks. I do, too. And now they're giving six on the road at BC. I hate playing teams on the road, but although I don't know. But I, I might take a shot at Pitt. Um, and here's one I'll just throw this out. I don't have any opinion on this, or much of an opinion. Temple's starting their season.
0: I was going to pick this game. Go ahead.
2: Okay, they're at Navy, giving three and a half. Navy has not looked like Navy. Okay, Temple is supposed to be maybe like the fourth-best team in that conference, for whatever, you know, whatever. They're, they're, they're supposed to be decent, but maybe not great. Do you want to play a team in their first game Navy. against a team that's played three games?
0: And you're going to be a, a road favorite? No. No, 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 no. So so I'm you're taking, so I'm taking Navy. Navy. I'm taking Navy just because I think it's weird when you get this deep into, um, into October. And teams are playing their debut, so that's a little thing. It's tough to maybe gauge, and that could be a hesitancy, right? But uh, you know, to be bluntly honest, Navy, Navy hasn't
2: looked Navy hasn't looked real good.
0: I understand, but Navy right. still all at, going to Navy, right? Having well, play, having the, the rust.
2: Because they're in like a bowl game there, every right? Other year.
0: <laughs> having the rust in there that they have at this point on the word October tenth, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe,
2: maybe they're just ready to hit somebody other than them. I mean, how about the over-under of 50? See, I, I think I, I might I, lean over.
0: I would lean over on that.
2: Yeah. But Navy because has Navy
0: hasn't looking. stopped anybody right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, You have any thought on Florida State getting three touchdowns at Notre Dame?
0: I think Notre Dame's going to roll in that game.
2: Three touchdowns a lot, though.
0: I wouldn't play it, but I think Notre Dame's going to win. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I wouldn't play Florida State. I mean, I, I just... At this point in my life, I can't play Florida State. All
0: right, here's oh, a, I got two other college picks. I'm go gonna I'm it. gonna take one of the games you mentioned. I'll take North Carolina. I'll lay. You have four. I have five on my app.
2: Uh, I'm just going by the parks. Okay, wasn't four.
0: Uh, I'll take you know. North Carolina. I'll lay the five. Virginia Tech can run the. No, fo- you're laying four. right, oh, I'm sorry. I'm laying four. <laughs> you're laying four. Okay, Virginia Tech can run the football. Okay, uh, North Carolina has the best rushing defense in the country. Yeah. North Carolina under Mac Brown, man, I'll tell you what, Mac Brown is he, he's doing a good job. One of the better coaches yeah. that we've seen in college football in the last yeah. three decades.
2: And I don't think aren't they coming off a not so good performance um at BC, right? Yeah, maybe. I'm trying to think. But th- I think this is a big game for North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, they, they
0: barely they barely beat BC, and that was a week after they had a bunch of COVID stuff going on. Right,
2: and I think this is a big game for them. Um,
0: By the way, one reason I'm I'm not picking their Dame as a formal pick is I wonder how having two weeks off like they've had this the first game in like 21 days uh, yeah. when you've had half your team basically infected with also, COVID.
2: I mean, that's the whole problem with betting yeah. so many games. Is you know, like LSU's games getting moved this week. You know. Who the hell knows what, uh, you know, a couple games might get moved. Um, and,
0: and, and the final game I'm picking, I know Lane two touchdown seems like a sucker bet. Like, you know, it, it, it's just too... Clemson is that good, and Miami still, to me, has not... Show, Miami beat Florida State, and... Yeah, I know. Okay. Louisville. And Louisville. Louisville. I mean... You know, I'm I'm not ready to declare that they could go in the Clemson and, and win that no, game not, or hang around in
2: that game. But the, but the problem with Clemson is if, 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 if the line is always inflated, it's like Notre Dame lines. Um, you know, and if Miami goes in there and shows some spunk or whatever, yeah, you can lose by 10. And I mean, I, I wouldn't play the game. I, I don't even know which side. I, I mean, if you want to tell me you're going to tease Clemson down to sit, to eight, but I don't like doing that. I, I just, um, you know, I, I don't like doing that. I, I, I might tease – I hate teasing teams on the road, too.
0: You know, here Miami's allowing almost 400 yards against yeah. it each week. And that's – Yeah,
2: I mean, and, and Clemson probably wants to prove to people something because there's only a few games every year where Clemson can do that. You know, Notre Dame, obviously, in another month, month. – um yeah you I mean yeah I I could see Clemson winning like uh you know 38 14 or something like that. Yeah I mean it, that wouldn't shock me. I'll
0: float one for you. Okay? I'm not and picking that's a
2: this National TV game too. Yeah. Which Saturday might, night. And Clemson might be a little more up for that, you know, even though there won't be 50 80,000 people whatever the hell there are in Death Valley.
0: You want to talk about strange lines lsu is a 14 point favorite at home against missouri now we don't know if that game is going to get played
2: no i thought ba- they moved it to missouri
0: uh it's listed as at least on my app it's listed in okay in baton rouge but i was uh no it's gone it's gone to uh memorial St-
2: yeah i think they moved it to missouri
0: missouri okay it's still technically listed as a home game though for because it
2: was a 21 point line i think I, I think the line went down because the game... I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, it is in Columbia. Okay, yeah, my apologies. I thought I saw
2: the line higher. Like, I thought I saw the line 20.
0: Um, You know, I, that that to me reeks of... Uh, LSU did not look good. Uh, well, know, they had, but,
2: they've had COVID stuff. You know, they're not LSU from last year. No, they lost a lot, including the Heisman Trophy winner, but they lost the best... Receiver in college football, they they lost a lot. Yep. Um. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if you know. I but I don't know what Missouri's got. That that's my problem. Is um, I just don't know. Um. I'll give you another one. I I, I might take a shot, and I, I got I got burned last. Year. I might take old Miss in twenty four. Right. Hosting the Bama's, and yeah, I know Lane Kiffin's been blowing smoke up Nick Saban's ass this week, and. And all that, I, I can see Bama maybe winning by seventeen, and maybe not. But Batman's good, man. Batman, I, I'm telling you, this might be one of Nick's best teams. Yeah, it could be. They're they're really good. Um, but yeah, but I, like I said, Kevin, the college football, I I just I I just can't get into it, and it no. bothers me. It really does. It bothers me. But
0: all right, I, let's go to the NFL.
2: Okay, let me see. Let me call my stuff up here.
0: Oh, man. Do you want me to start it? Sure. All right. My my little, first pick. Ryan
2: Clark's going a little. little. Hey, I want to ask you something. Go ahead. Okay. So, you, did you watch the game last night? The yeah, it was um, ugly. Okay. So, you saw the thing with Tom Brady, right? You know, where he.
0: Then shake, folds his hand again. Yeah.
2: No, no. Where, oh. he th- where he thought maybe it was third down instead <laughs> right. of fourth down. Okay. People are like. Some people are like killing him this morning. Which I. I, I okay. I, I get it to a point. But he's Tom Brady. I mean, like, you know, he's, okay, so if he screwed up, he screwed up. Or, or is that where we're at?
0: I think that's where we're at.
2: Okay. It just, I don't know. Uh, throws, throws me a little. All
0: right. My first pick, I'm going to take a winless team and lay points. I'll take the Texans late five and a half. I knew
2: that's where you were going.
0: Over the Jaguars. I,
2: I, think I, w- I think I would go there, too.
0: Romeo Cornell coming in as head coach. It sounds like they hated Bill O'Brien at the end. He's fighting with J.J. Watt. He's fighting with Deshaun Watson. Um, I just, this is a hunch game. And the hunch for me is that Houston, before the year we talked about how awful Jacksonville was. And so you get Houston at home. You lay it a five and a half. It's under a touchdown, so I feel comfortable doing it. I'm just going to take the Texans. I think it's a breakout week for Houston.
2: Yeah, I I would not necessarily disagree. I can't call my things up for whatever, so you're going to have to run down the games for me. And I'm uh, all right, like we did last week. So just go start with the start. Okay. And,
0: and uh, uh, let me. Uh, well, first all right.
2: of all, do you have any opinion on the Eagles at all?
0: Yeah, actually, I was going to take the Steelers.
2: See, I'm I I don't have an opinion on that game per se. I think I, I think really the Steelers
0: need- blow them out.
2: I don't think so. I, I I I just don't know. I think it's going to be a, a game. I, I, not a game where, like, it's a field goal maybe at the end. I just I, – I think – I could see, like, a 24-17 kind of game. Something like that. But, I, you know, whatever. Okay. I could see
0: 31-13. I, I um, really could see something that's completely lopsided.
2: Well, maybe you're right. Easily. I, I, I just –
0: Okay, go, go, and, and also as you point out, the history of this, and I know they only play once every four years, but the history of this is these teams don't play close games the last. Okay, and the road team, the road team has gone blown out the last six times they've met, and
2: that's mostly been in the yeah,
0: Roethlisberger era. Yeah,
2: but the last six times they met, you could be talking about nineteen ninety six. Right. The so last I time the,
0: hear- the last time the road team won was actually two thousand.
2: Okay. Well, like, but like I said, and that was the
0: last I, close game between the two.
2: And that's fine. Okay. Go, All right. Go ahead. Run down. The All game. right.
0: I'll give you Atlanta minus two over to Panthers at home.
2: Now, and here, see here, I I like Matt Rule, obviously, a lot. I love the job he's doing, mm-hmm. but I think this is a spot to play the another 0 and 4 team. I think I would take the Falcons.
0: Short week coming off of playing in Green Bay.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I I I just I, I think that I think they can win the Their
0: game. Their is yeah. pretty beat up too, so.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I I hear you. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh the Raiders travel to Kansas City where the Chiefs are 12 point favorites.
2: I don't have any opinion on that game. I at didn't all. think
0: you would. Arizona's Arizona who looked awful last
2: week in Carolina. And DeAndre Hopkins might not play.
0: Yeah, has to come back cross country, and are still a seven-point favorite over the Jets. In well, New that's York. because
2: 'cause they're playing the Jets. Yes, which is which is playing Joe Flacco. Right. Uh, I, I have no opinion on that game. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, I guess if you want to go nuts with te- with teasers, you could tease the Cardinals down to a a one. But I. I, I I think the Cardinals will figure out a way to win. Good. The Jets are going to beat somebody, right? You know, I mean, it's just that's the way the NFL goes. The Giants are going to beat somebody. The Jets are going to beat somebody. I'd stay away from that crap.
0: Rams are a seven-point favorite in Landover against Kyle Allen and the Washington football team.
2: Well, again, I, I and we know that the Rams have come east and won, right? Um, they, they, they I think they lost their last one. No, I guess that was in Buffalo. They
0: are, th- they are. Th- well, this is their third time in five weeks coming cross-country. Right.
2: But Washington is just so... But, so but,
0: and and they would, they're they going for the sweep already of the NFC East. They would have beat all four NFC East right. teams in five think, weeks. Think
2: about this, Kevin. The Eagles lost to a team mm-hmm. in week one mm-hmm. that their quarterback isn't playing anymore. Yeah, they, Because he had the worst QBR in the league.
0: Ron Rivera bailed out on that quick, didn't he?
2: He's, it wasn't his pick. That's not his guy. He didn't choose... Uh, I'm not a big Dwayne Haskins fan. I never was when he got drafted. Whatever. I'm not saying that now because that's just the way I thought. He played better at the end of last year. When you're a new coach and you come in and you don't like that quarterback, that quarterback ain't going to be there. That's just what, you know. So, I mean, I don't think the Rams are going to lose. Like, you know, will they cover the seven? They should, but, you know, who knows. Go ahead. Bengals
0: are heading to uh, Baltimore. Who, uh, where? Lamar Jackson missed and they're getting
2: they're getting two touchdowns, right?
0: Uh, it is twelve.
2: I would, I would jump on the Bengals. I would. I don't know if I jump, be, be, because it is the Ravens, and you, and the one thing you formal can do pick.
0: The, I'm taking the Bengals. I'll take the twelve.
2: I'll take the Bengals. But here's the thing. You the bungles you can run against the bungles, and that's what the Ravens like to do. Whether it's the quarterback or the running back, uh, I could see the Ravens, you know, getting one of those, like, 200-yard ground games. But I would have to take the Bengals getting the 12-and-a-half because he covers every game. I mean, Joe Burrow's like a, yeah. a cover machine, even in college last year. And you know. a
0: shot that you could get RG3 is the uh, – now, I may hold off till game time to see if Jackson's going to play. Well um, – But RG3 is your starting quarterback?
2: Yeah, yeah but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think they're factoring that into the line a little bit. I think the line might even be a little bit hot. Who knows?
0: All right. David Jags and Texans. Uh, Dolphins goes to San Francisco to play the Niners. Niners minus nine.
2: Is, is, is Carapolo playing? Yeah, he may. Okay. Here's what I would say about this. If the 49ers hadn't lost last week, I would. Re- but I got to go with the Dolphins because the Dolphins really? give you an effort. Every week, the Dolphins usually give you an effort. And if you throw out the 49ers game against the Jets, they, or, or the Giants, excuse me. Oh, they play both. The, okay, but the Giants, they won by a lot. They won like 37-6 to six or something.
0: Yeah, and they uh, and the, and they blitzed blitz the Jets pretty well, too.
2: Yeah, I think the 49ers will probably figure out a way to win because I don't know if they'll lose two weeks back-to-back to the Eagles and the Dolphins at home. But I would take the Dolphins in the points. I would.
0: Uh Pickham game of the week is uh Colts at Browns. Yeah. A 425 start in Cleveland. So
2: it's a tough one because I I and my initial thought was Browns, but Indy's got a really good rushing defense, apparently. Um Indy impressed me in Chicago last week. Because they yeah, played ugly they played an ugly game and they just but the browns put up four I mean look I know it's the cowboys I get it I get all that stuff they put up 50 mm-hmm. okay on the road and beckham now looks like he's kind of beckham now whether that will translate to the against the colts I I, I don't know I, I think it's just one of those games I'm not real thrilled with but I think if I was leaning and I like Frank Reich I like but I think I would lean towards the browns but whenever I lean towards the browns that's when they bite Oh, Well,
0: and I was just going to give that that theory, too. Whenever everybody starts saying, ooh, the Browns are back, the Browns are back, right. then the Browns lay But it, they're not it, the, the same Browns,
2: turf. though. I mean, they do have a new coach. They do have – it seems like they have a little bit – you know, Mayfield's kind of been um, lassoed in a little bit. They're not asking him to be that guy. Um, and I'm telling you, if they get the ball to Beckham eight, ten times, Beckham's still really good. You know, he well, makes well, –
0: well, Let's also point out, the Browns have beat the Bengals. They beat Washington and they beat the Cowboys. And the Cowboys,
2: da- and the Cowboys. I, I got you. That's that's why. So, so, that's, that's why I wouldn't bet the game,
0: right? Giants go on the road. They are eight and a half point favorites at Dallas. Must, no,
2: underdogs. The Cowboys. The uh, Cowboys
0: right? are eight and a half point favorites. Excuse me.
2: I I would play. First of all, this is probably a game I would tease. I would figure out a way to tease this with something. Dallas is not losing this game, okay? And Dallas might win big. Yeah, because the Giants suck.
0: The Giants now, have no offense right now.
2: The Giants right. are going to beat somebody. Uh, they, like we said, they're going. Yeah, they'll they'll, fit, they'll win two three games somewhere along line. You know, God hope it ain't the Eagles. But even with Dallas's crummy defense, I don't see them scoring more than seventeen or twenty. And I can see the boys putting up thirty some, because uh, that's what the boys do. Yep. Uh, so I would I would play Dallas if I was going to play any in that side in that game.
0: Seattle is four and O trying to go to five. And O they're back home this week. It feels like they played six home games in five weeks. Somehow mm-hmm. uh, they play the Vikings who are one, and three Seattle's a seven point favorite.
2: See that like, see, and the Vikings are a team that bites me too. Sometimes I get, um, cause I think they're better than they show sometimes, but they're not like, but that's a game. Like I might tease Seattle with the Cowboys and just ask them both to win. But there's always two two games a week, Kevin, or two or three, where the result is nothing like we would have predicted. Okay? We, we sit there and go, how did that happen? There's no way. Like, this is one of those games where, you know, who knows? You know, Kirk Cousins has a good game. But, uh, I think Seattle's going to win because I think Seattle's pretty good. But they don't always – you know, there's games where Seattle comes out and, and like, wins by a field goal where you mm-hmm. think they should win by ten. Um, But, you know – it's uh, is that the Monday night game?
0: That is the Sunday night game.
2: Sunday night game. I'm sorry. Right. Okay.
0: There are two Monday night games. Oh, ba- that's right. It's yeah. a back to back. Here I, we. I come. have
2: no opinion on any game that involves COVID. So all right. Well, game
0: out. B- Broncos and Patriots. There is no, no line on that one
2: right now. No, because they don't know about Cam. They don't know about whatever. Yeah. Right. I got you.
0: Uh, Chargers are against New Orleans, and they could be moving that game to Indianapolis. And because of
2: because of the hurricane, because of the
0: hurricane, New Orleans is a seven and a half point favorite. I'm not sure New Orleans should be a seven and a half point favorite right now against anybody.
2: Well, no, they probably shouldn't. And the San Diego quarterback has been playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would I would take San Diego, and especially if I'm sorry, Los, San,
0: Los Angeles. I should
2: you all say San Diego.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I would take the Chargers, especially if the game gets moved. Um, you know, although I guess. Yeah, I mean both teams will be getting on a plane then. So I mean, I guess there's no. Yeah, I would. T- the Chargers play a lot of close games. Yeah, I yeah, I, I would I would take the Chargers.
0: And finally, uh, Bills and Titans is scheduled as of now for uh, Tuesday yeah, I night. I know no fans, line please. on that.
2: And, and who the hell knows? And and then the Bills will be playing somebody the following week on like.
0: Well, they're scheduled for a Thursday if if the game is not played. They will play a Thursday night against the Chiefs. If not, so what get happens break. if
2: it is played? It
0: goes back to Sunday.
2: Okay, and you see, here is my problem with the NFL, and I know they're trying to do the best they can. I, I, I under, under you know circumstances we've never seen before. I understand all this, but when, if you want to have and the NFL, has always preached this, uh, uh parity in terms of competitive parity. You know, competitive. They don't want teams to have an advantage. So, like mm-hmm. if, if Tennessee can't have their camp open, you know, the team they're playing. This to me, you're gonna start first of all, Thursday night football should be banned. Okay?
0: That's never good to watch.
2: Night, it's that game last night was horrible. Okay. Uh and you were talking about a four and one team and a three and two team now. I mean, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And nobody seems to care because obviously you get a lot of money from TV, whatever. I get it. But it's just the, the, now you're asking some teams to play on three days. Uh, some teams, you know, and, and nobody knows from week to week. And I get it. They're they're trying. But, man, it, at some point, you see you see all these injuries. I mean, these guys are just, it, it's going to be like walking mass units well, at some I, point. And, and you know what?
0: You've stumbled onto something here, I think. When you talk about how awful Thursday Night Football is, okay, I got to admit, sitting there last monday and watching (coughs) patriots chiefs in a game that probably shouldn't have been played because as we found out with the gilmore uh (coughs) and after the newton thing watching patriots chiefs then going right into packers and falcons i think the nfl and now they're doing it again this week with the patriots and the broncos and then obviously they're having their their regular monday night game um which what did i say that was that was uh colts and uh i'm sorry it's the uh Chargers and Saints. I, I think we've seen now a, I wonder if the NFL is considering whether they can do move the Thursday night games to like a second Monday night game and, and try to find another
2: avenue to you No, know, Why would you? The, well, first of all, they've done two Monday night games before, right? Usually they do it early in the year to, to the kickoff weekend. I don't know if they do it the, the next last weekend. They're not going to give up Thursday night. Kevin, why would you give up Thursday night?
0: Well, if you're doing TV deals, it seems like Fox is not interested in taking...
2: Why would you give up a night of the week where your only competition is maybe a bad college football game? You know, Tulane and Houston. Why would you give that up? I
0: just think that they could because I think they see that they can make a lot more money on a Monday.
2: I don't know. I mean, you'd have to show me the numbers if if that's the it, would case. End, it. Would
0: end the competitiveness thing too. That you know, teams talk bitching about how tough it is to play on a Thursday after playing on a
2: Sunday. Well, it's it's stupid. I mean, you play you, play, you when you all you got to do is watch the games on Thursday to see how bad they are. I mean, it's not any. I'm not a rocket science. I'm not the only person saying that. I mean, the games are horrible, and and you know, this year with with a lack of a training camp. Mm-hmm. with with um you know the whole covid situation teams, i mean we i still think this is a reason for many of these injuries
0: yeah I, I could
2: be wrong i don't know um it just seems to me like it it's uh, that game last night was so it was all, it was almost unwatchable now it was a good ending i mean if you know, what you was the college
0: game last night
2: tulane houston
0: Oof.
2: and by the way i liked houston and I, I'm pretty sure they covered it, but it um, doesn't matter. Um, Two teams in Temple's division, by the way, or yeah, Temple's yeah. conference. Think about that. Think about that.
0: Traveling Tulane in the COVID era, to Tulane and Houston. Yep.
2: Do you think anybody in Philadelphia has no. one flying iota about either of those teams? Nope. No, they don't. And that's why when those teams come into play in Philly and only you know 15,000 people show up, and they, they wonder why. Now, I'm not, look, Temple could be playing anybody not named Notre Dame or Penn State, and there might be only 15,000, 20,000 people in there. But at least, but. like, a
0: Memphis still draws a little bit of a sizzle, like the one no, Paxton it, but, Lynch was there. It,
2: yeah, but that's because the game was important, and they even still at that point got, like, 20, 22, well, whatever 22, right. Well, yeah, okay. But what I'm saying is there's no team in their league that anybody has any kind of affiliate, Navy, I'll give you Navy right? uh, because Navy's going. They, in a perfect world, and this is why the world ain't perfect, Temple should be in a league with Rutgers, Maryland, uh, Pitt, um, I don't know, you throw, I mean, Penn State, but, I mean, that would never happen. I, I understand that. But that's what it should be. And then at least it gives fans a chance to say, you know, oh, yeah, we're playing Syracuse this week. Okay, I got four people I know in Syracuse, you know, mm-hmm. what, whatever. And there's and Temple, unfortunately, it's not their fault. It's just the way it's – they're in that, that you know, the sixth best league, which is better than being in the seventh best league. But it's just – nobody knows. You got two Florida schools. You got a Memphis. Memphis might be the closest school to them other than Navy. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, Louis. No, no, wait a minute. Um, how many in Tulane, uh, Houston, um, SMU? Right. I'm 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 missing a couple because I I know there's a couple more than that. Uh, East Carolina. Um, you can't play. I mean, there's no fan. You don't build up any fandom.
0: No. By the way, yeah, the you want you brought up Brady last night and, and how important that game may be for the Buccaneers going down the road here. They get Green Bay next week. So they can be yeah. looking easy at three and three.
2: Well, the Bears are going to get Green Bay twice, so
0: Right. Yeah. Um I mean the the Buccaneers still on their schedule up ahead. Go to Las Vegas, which is not an easy game. Okay? Get the oh,
2: the uh, the Jets. Uh, Shefter's reporting the Jets and their players have been sent home because of a positive COVID test. <laughs> so, who are they playing this week? That game could, that, I'm, I'm guessing that game is now in jeopardy.
0: I, I would think if a COVID so, t- oh, they're they're playing the um, week five here. Hold on. We well, it's
2: Friday. So I'm assuming... That it it, they're have, playing the Cardinals, so
0: the, I'm not sure they're going to load Arizona on an airplane
2: tomorrow. to. See, and the NFL now is at a point, and we saw baseball go through this, but baseball went through it early. Well, you're looking at it in Week 18 at some point here. At least the Week 18. No, but you're, what I'm saying is you're looking at a situation now where you're getting a serious vibe that some teams might not be able to play all their games or whatever. You know, and, and, and by the again, way,
0: baseball got within... Two. There were two the two the Tigers and the
2: Cardinals were the only team that didn't play sixty. Games. But baseball plays sixty. Right. The NFL plays 16. sixteen. And and you can do the winning percentage thing in baseball easier than you can do it in full. Look, I'm convinced the NFL is gonna play unless God forbid there's a COVID outbreak in November um, that just wipes out the whole country again. Um they're gonna figure it out. If the Super Bowl's in March, the Super Bowl will be in March. Uh but it just you know, it's amazing that some people really don't, like, think this is, if if, if this is doing this to leagues, you know, if, if after six months, we, we're six months into this, Kevin, and it, like I said, until there's a vaccine, and even a vaccine might not be the, the whole answer, I mean, you know, we, we could still be affected in the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball seasons.
0: Uh, I'm looking at the report, uh, potentially tested positive player. Right. has been retested. Results will be known on Friday.
2: Yeah. Maybe. So maybe he'll be negative. I mean, but, um, you know, people think we're out of the woods, like with sports, like, like it'll be normal next year. I'm, I don't know how normal it's going to be. You know, if the NBA team start traveling because they've been in a bubble this year. Okay. And all of a sudden some guy tests positive. You know, are we going to go through the whole thing we went through last year? I I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I but once you're out of the bubble, man, all all bets are off. Yeah. It's cause then you're just part of the population. You know. <sighs> uh, Joe poor Joe Flacco might not get his start. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Um so that's No, what's unbelievable is if Joe Flacco beats the Cardinals. That, that that would be unbelievable, oh, Adam Gaze. You, uh, you, uh, uh, you, you know what
0: I? You know what I would, It's strange because you're talking about two teams up there that that drafted quarterbacks they figured were franchise guys. Uh you know, high in the draft. You know, Daniel Jones was six,
2: and uh, Daniel Jones shouldn't have been six, but no. That's, but it,
0: Daniel Jones was six, and, and, but he beat Temple in a bowl game, right? scored fifty and, and Darnold was three. I think he was three. Yeah.
2: Well, they took Barkley too. The Giants took Barkley, Barkley too,
0: and and which we we'll call and, it...
2: and everybody thought the Giants should have taken you know Darnold. And something. it is
0: highly conceivable that you know they're going to be one two in the draft this year with the option of taking Trevor Lawrence. I mean, well,
2: there is that there won't be. Well, the option would be you would trade the pick to somebody, you know, and get a boatload of picks. If if you're still convinced that Daniel Jones or Donald see, I think Darnold. I was never. I saw him that that Rose Bowl against Penn State. He was unbelievable, and he seemed like he regressed. And I don't know why
0: Adam Gaze.
2: I, you know, well, no, I mean even like in college though he wasn't. Oh,
0: his his last year at USC was awful.
2: Right. So then you know now he's got Adam Gaze, and I'm not I'm not the biggest Adam Gaze fan. Going okay, but whatever. I was never convinced that Daniel Jones. Was good enough to be picked where he got picked, but quarterbacks always get picked higher. I, I understand that. Um, he'd only started, I think, fifteen games at Duke. Um, but it is what it is. So now you have these teams, you know, three years into these guys in their third whatever, and now you have this guy from Clemson that you know looks to be and looks to be the guy. We don't know if he is the guy, but he looks to be the guy. Um, yeah, it's going to be real interesting if 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 the Jets or the Giants have the one pick, do they say we're going to take this guy because we can't afford not to, or do we trade the pick and hope that Donald or Jones, you know, can be the guy? I, you know, I mean, it's the same question people in Philadelphia are asking, Kevin, like, you know, like if if the Eagles had the number one pick this year, you know, do you take the guy and, and just get rid of Wentz? You know, if you could get rid of Wentz, I don't, I don't,
0: well, you know, the, the I, cap hit would be enormous. Um, see,
2: that's yeah, but I mean, I, I think that was part of the Eagles thinking and taking whatever they're thinking. And was. it's kind
0: they're of the last year that they're they're stuck with a cap hit this off season. So it would be, do you suck it up and have him behind? What? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know.
2: But I mean, let, let me it, it, look. The Eagles aren't going to have the top pick. No. So, I mean, let's. But if the Eagles had the top pick,
0: I would take Lawrence.
2: Okay, but then you got to do something with Carson Wentz. You, you're not going to have them both on the team, I don't think. Man, eh, you
0: can live with maybe them for three. one year. You could, yeah, yeah I, that, for a year.
2: In Philadelphia, that does not work. I, it, I, it, it, it can't work. It won't work. It, 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 you're, it, it would be a recipe for implosion, and it might hurt not only Lawrence, but it might hurt the team. It might, you know, the whole. I mean, God, we have a, a second round pick now that's causing. Well, and I think I think that's why the Eagles wouldn't do it because I Oh, I think they'd have to do it though. I think you're right. I think you would have to look in the in the little crystal ball and say this is as good as Car- like, like if, if we don't think Carson can be as good as Trevor Lawrence can be. That would be the that would be how you'd have to judge that. And I think most people right now, if you put 10 people in a room right now, today. Would you rather they, have
0: Trevor Lawrence or Carson Well, who Prince? do you think
2: is going to be the better quarterback three years from now? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence or, most people are going to say Trevor Lawrence. And they may be wrong. Right. But but they would say that. And, you know, would they have said the same thing about Joe Burrow this year? Maybe.
0: Well, I think the other part of the Lawrence thing, which is going to be fascinating is well. Okay. Well, look at the winless teams. You know, is Houston is Houston going to be in the market for a quarterback? No, he just signed Deshaun Watson. But uh, I don't
2: think Houston's going to be. But you're right; they're winless now. You're right. Okay.
0: Uh, I'm, again, I'm not saying that they're going to be in the. the but hunt, isn't but
2: that what the um, the Colts? Now the Colts were in a different situation because well, Manning was hurt. was hurt. Right, but they but they could have bought Manning back. I mean, you know, th- they didn't have to take. No, they didn't Andrew have to take Luck. Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck was like the highest rated quarterback since John Elway, and now people are saying that Trevor Lawrence. I mean. I can't believe that Trevor Lawrence can be much better than Joe Burrow, but okay, I'm not saying well, he can't be.
0: But, but Joe uh, Burrow, but looks my, like he's pretty good. But Mike, I mean, think about think of forward. Okay, uh, you know the Texans are a, a winless and they don't need a quarterback. Now the Falcons are winless, but but
2: the Texans need draft picks. Draft picks. Out. Oh no, the Falcons would take him in it in a in heartbeat because their quarterback's thirty five years old, right? That's a totally different, you know, Deshaun Watson's 24. Uh,
0: the Jets and, and the by J-
2: the way, and by the way, I think Trevor Lawrence right now, and I like Deshaun Watson. I think you'd have to, I think you given a choice with no money implications or anything, I think I would take Trevor Lawrence. I would, and I like this. I like Deshaun Watson.
0: I really like Deshaun Watson. I think that what they did what O'Brien did in taking his weapon his main weapon away in Hopkins is
2: just I I I I hear you. I mean look, uh,
0: Deshaun Watson's still posting
2: 300 yards a game. I mean forget that. Forget the I think this is what I think Deshaun Watson is. I think Deshaun Watson is one of those guys who's going to be like the 5th to 10th best quarterback in the league most years.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Trevor Lawrence is a guy that it could, could be, be Andrew, could be league. Andrew Luck. Yeah. And when Andrew Luck was healthy, Andrew Luck was special. And I think that's what you're – it's a difference between – and I don't think Carson Wentz is ever going to be special, although he was for 13 games in 2017.
0: And so. and before we kind of wrap this up, you know, the team everybody thought about going – like that was literally tanking to get Trevor Lawrence is obviously Jacksonville. And it's strange because now Jacksonville – you know, you think of the Giants and the Jets and that one of them is going to end up probably – being bad enough where they'll get the number one pick. I mean, if you're Jacksonville and you've been bad, and you've, but yet you're not bad enough,
2: and you don't get him, boy, it really sets your. I mean, nobody, nobody cares about Jacksonville. They're a forgotten franchise. Nobody want, nobody wants to be be in Jacksonville. They're the the Jets and the Giants are important because they're in New York, right? Um, and there was a lot of talk before the year. To be honest with you, that the Patriots might be in that sweepstakes. Well, they're not going to be, but there was talk that hey, you know, the, the Patriots are going to have a really, really bad year, so they can get their next, they can get their next Tom Brady. Well, that ain't going to happen. Um, but then you think about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, think about it this way too: you're going to go to one of those three teams. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I know Joe Burrow's with a bad team. I, I get that. That's what happens when you come into the league. You usually go to a bad team. Uh, Carson Wentz was lucky enough he came to it well they were bad the year before um and and, you know Goff and him come in most quarterbacks that come in that highly rated go to bad teams it's just the way it is um man I will not want to play in Jacksonville man ugh, Ugh.
0: it's not a good city
2: no it's not and and I don't think the fans even want him there I mean like that—that's probably a team that should think about moving, but I don't know. Like, what is there a city that wants an NFL franchise? That London. Uh well, that's yeah, whatever. London and Mexico City. I mean, it, a city in the U.S. Is there a city like a Portland or something? Or or a,
0: I, I don't—I don't know if they would go on. How Port- about Oakland? Go. I was to just going to say, go back to Oakland if you could get a stadium.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, you,
0: you take Vegas out of Oklahoma City maybe?
2: I don't know if they they I don't think they I don't know if they would support it and they love their college football so much, you know. I mean, Dallas is kind of San Antonio? I mean, yeah, but that, that's kind of that I mean, do you really want a third team in Texas? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I I you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know if San Antonio um I mean, it's an interesting question. I, I, I just think sometimes when places where college – now, and I'm not saying college football and pro football can't exist in the same thing. It can. I mean, you know, Big Ten football is, you know, obviously huge in the Midwest and you have a lot of pro football franchises in the Midwest that get supported. I, I don't know. I, I, um, Scranton, man. Let's put one in Scranton. Oh, we'll, we'll- God sprint <laughs> well, well, Jesus I don't know maybe there are you know maybe you're right maybe there are no cities in um I know wasn't baseball talking about Portland or yeah but baseball's different it is different you know, it is
0: and, and the one thing I, I could see the Seahawks really fight in Portland because they draw a lot from oh
2: I just threw Portland out there oh I know I me I didn't mean that I'm I was just trying to think of cities off the top of my head I can't really think of a city that wants football that doesn't have it um, St. Louis.
0: No, they're not going to go back to St. Louis.
2: But did St. Louis fail, or was that a stadium thing? Um, uh,
0: I think it. I think it was more a stadium thing. Um, okay. okay. But I, I, I can't see them running back to St. Louis for the third I, time. For the third time. Yeah, I, th- I think you've kind of tapped out your markets at this point. You really have. I mean, yeah, you're probably
2: right. I mean, I can't off the top of my head.
0: You know, there is one other market that could get mentioned. And I, it's not a American market, but Toronto.
2: Yeah, although you have CFL up there, right? Yeah, I mean, but the
0: CFL is apparently a major financial, you know, if the CFL falls apart,
2: right, as the, as the as the world, right. Uh I mean, look, I think the NFL would love to go to Mexico City and or London. Probably right. London first. I think London would be and I think there's just so many problems with that. But you know, like, what do I know? Yeah, look, if you can fill Wembley every week, um, but but the travel and what guys would get paid over there in pounds as opposed to dollars or euros or no, their pounds. Um, it, I don't know. I, I mean, would you? I, I would. If you were an NFL player. Would no. You want to play in London?
0: No. No. I would. I would tell you that I think. You know, another American market, by the way, would be Orlando.
2: Yeah, but football in Florida is so weird, man. I mean, I get, want, I get it. Do you won four franchises in Florida? But let's I mean, say, really, let's say if you're,
0: well, you would have three.
2: No, you have Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami. Well, yeah, if
0: you're moving Jacksonville to Orlando.
2: Oh, 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 oh! I got you what you're saying. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know if that makes. I don't know. I mean you're moving them two hours
0: i I mean but but think about it okay if you're the NFL and let's assume that Orlando would build a stadium um to get an NFL team uh
2: you I could, think Orlando's the worst city only because there's nothing there it's Disney World it's yeah you know that no, the what's there money <laughs> yeah but but you gotta have like a fan base. Um, Mike, I
0: don't disagree. I'm just saying that I could see it being appealing.
2: I I mean, well, then, like, why didn't baseball team go there? I mean, that to me would make sense for a baseball team before a football team. You know, you could put, but they're in Miami, they're in Tampa. Um, Weather? You know, I, yeah, I, I I, don't know. I think they're, we're just stuck with Jacksonville until they figure out, you know.
0: Remember, they, they, picked, probably, they picked Jacksonville over Baltimore.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, really. Well, I a hey, look.
0: They picked Jacksonville people over Baltimore when they did, when they make did bad decisions all the expansion.
2: They make bad decisions all the time. I, I think what will happen probably eventually is Jacksonville will become London. Yeah, that's what I, I think. would imagine. I, I think that's what the NFL wants, and what the NFL okay. wants, they usually, uh, usually get.
0: Uh, any plans on tap this weekend?
2: Nothing really. Um, it's weird. Um, our dog's been kind of, like, it's weird. Our dog has had, like, uh, diarrhea for, like, or loose stools or whatever, for, like, a week, and we can't figure out why. And it's just, so we're trying to deal with that. And my buddy's got this big golf outing that he runs every year on Columbus Day, and now the weather don't look good because of that hurricane. Right. We're going to get hit, like, Sunday through Tuesday or something. So I don't know. I You know, that, that – that was the plan. You know, I it, can
0: honestly say when I asked you what you're doing this weekend, I didn't expect dog diarrhea to come up. But
2: no, it's just that it when you have you you notice you have dogs. I have two of them. It, when the dog isn't feeling well, and you you it, pay it affects attention. everything. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like I don't want to run her up to the vet because we're not sure we we, we we're getting kind of to that point because what, she had it once before and I think they gave her some kind of medicine. And we switched our dog food. Like a, we don't know if that could be the reason. We who knows? It's just you know. It's it is what it is. It is what it is. So all right, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the Eagles Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a one o'clock game, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll watch that. Uh, it I was supposed pretty-
0: to go away this weekend, and uh, with the COVID numbers spiking, we backed out. So
2: my friend, it's funny, my friend is actually going and he just came back from Myrtle Beach like three weeks ago because they have a thing that. But anyway, he's going down to Virginia, somewhere in the mountains of Virginia for a week. And I looked at him, I'm like, I'm like, why are you doing all these things? Like, you know, and he goes, well, you know, the, uh, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm telling you right now, Kevin, if you said to me, Mike, come on, I got a place in the Poconos or something, whatever, we go up for I don't know if I want to be in somebody's room or somebody, and I know they're doing everything they can with disinfecting it and all that. I just don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing that. I may, maybe I don't, to me, why would you like, what, what is the reason that I need to go to Virginia for a week? To I don't know.
0: Get out of your house. I mean,
2: I get that part of it. Like I, I'm, I'm totally going away
0: next week to take a couple tests for school.
2: That's different. Um, that's that's a reason.
0: Yeah, and I'm but, go, I'm going to Bloomsburg for two nights. And- so
2: God forbid you go to Virginia. My friend goes to Virginia, and God forbid, and I know he probably won't, but God forbid, got sick or tested positive. All right. Then what was the point? I and I know this goes back to the whole premise of do we just shut ourselves in our house and not do anything? Do they come out with a vaccine? And this is what one of the things that's dividing the country right now. And I get all that. But to me, I, I'd rather be bored in my house for a week yeah, I hear you. than go somewhere for a week and, and then be worried about, am I safe? I don't know.
0: I hear you. So, all right, Mike, I will have a good weekend. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Okie dokies. All right. Take care. Our thanks to Marcus Hayes for joining us, and our thanks to you for joining us. Have a safe fun weekend everybody this has been working to be
2: well you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine park avenue clothes you had the Dom on in your hand and the spoon up your nose Ooh, when you wake up in the morning